Hey everybody, this is Matt Love. Welcome back to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Over the past 20 years, Pastor J.D. has just dealt with a lot of really difficult or challenging questions from the pulpit. And so we've just thought through different uh, moments and questions that he's answered from the pulpit that we could just kind of share with you here on this podcast. So we have a teaching from a recent sermon um, by Pastor J.D. that answers the question, when should I not take communion? So let's get started. So he asked, well, what exactly does it mean to eat unworthily? I mean, it can't mean that we should only take communion when we feel worthy of Christ's presence, because that would be never. None of us are worthy to take the bread and the cup. That's why we take the bread and the cup, because we're not worthy. None of us are worthy of his presence. Jesus said that at our best, on our best day, when you're having the longest righteousness streak you ever had, 18 days without a sin or whatever, you are still an unprofitable servant. Even though we're forgiven, we have more corruption in our hearts than we could possibly comprehend. So it doesn't mean only eat when you feel worthy. So what does it mean? Well, notice that unworthily is written as an, what part of speech is that? Adverb. You say, well, what difference does that make? It's an adverb in Greek. Unworthy as an adjective would describe you. We've already said that you're always unworthy to participate in Christ. Paul's focus is not on you, it's on something different. He's talking about how you approach the table. You can approach this table unworthily. What does that look like? Give you three qualities here. A spirit of self-righteousness. You don't realize how dependent you are on Christ's mercy, what's represented here. You don't see how your only hope is the body and blood of Jesus. You think you're good enough that God approves of you because of your good works. The irony is that you approach this table unworthily when you fail to see how unworthy you are to partake of this table. If you know you're unworthy, then you're approaching this table worthily. If you think you are worthy, then you are approaching this table unworthily. You wanna approach it worthily, then understand how unworthy you are. That make sense? I mean, how could it not? Secondly, okay, a spirit of defiance. Spirit of self-righteousness, spirit of defiance. If you partake of this table, when you know, when you know that you're not submitted to Christ, that is, you are openly and intentionally living in a way that you know displeases him. You're engaging then in the very lifestyle that put Jesus on the cross. Y'all think about it. In, in, in taking the bread and the cup, you're saying, thank God for Jesus and his death. It's my life and it's my hope. But then with your life, you are openly crucifying him. With your mouth, you're celebrating his cross while practicing the lifestyle that put him on the cross. You cannot shout worship him and crucify him at the same time and not expect God's anger. Friend, I say this with all humility. Do not touch the elements of this table if you are not surrendered to Christ. I don't mean if you're struggling with sin or overwhelmed by your sin. Jesus came for people like that. His death is help and healing for those who know they're sick. What I mean is do not touch the bread and the cup if you know that there's some area you refuse to submit to him, some relationship you're in right now that you know he does not want you in, but you're like, I don't care what he wants, I'm gonna do it anyway. Don't add to your condemnation by hypocritically saying, thank you, Jesus, for your death while stubbornly doing the very things that put him on the cross. Keep your rebellious, treasonous hands off those elements. It is dangerous for you. You eat unworthily with your spirit of self-righteousness, spirit of defiance. Here's the third one, a spirit of division. This, I believe, is most properly what was in Paul's mind when he said, don't come to this table unworthily. 
because that's the context of the passage, right? That's the setup. Verse 33, he concludes by saying, therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, welcome one another. That's how you do this in a worthy manner. Don't come in when your heart, in your heart, you're separated from others by some kind of pride or classism or racism. Don't come when you harbor resentment or unforgiveness in your heart. Do not come claiming to cherish the forgiveness of Christ when you refuse to forgive somebody else. Don't come in when you are divided from your brothers and sisters over some secondary or some non-essential matter, a political perspective or a cultural bias. Let me make it real. Some of you should not take at this table because you're more Republican than you are Jesus. Or you're more Democrat than you are Jesus. And here's why I say that. Because you cannot stand being around anybody who approaches politics differently than you, even if they love Jesus like you and you agree on all the essentials the authority of the Bible, the, what it teaches about morality or being pro-life or whatever. You agree on all those things. But because they bring a different perspective or a different set of priorities with them when they come into the polls, you resent them. Truth is, you hate them. You wish they'd just go to another church. And if they don't, well, you're thinking you probably should go to a different church. Do not touch this table if you harbor divisions and resentments that are unbefitting of the body of Christ. That is eating in an unworthy manner. Jesus put it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. If you're offering your gift to the altar and you got division with your brother in Christ, leave your gift before the altar and go reconcile with him. First, he said, be reconciled with your brother and then come offer your gift. Paul's saying the same thing. First, feel that sense of unity with your brothers and sisters and let that be reflected in your attitude toward them and, and how you behave toward them and how you fellowship with them and only them partake of these elements. What happens if you don't? What happens if you disregard the body? If you disregard the lordship of Christ, what happens if you eat from the table unworthily? Well, Paul said in verse 30, didn't he? That's why some of you got sick and some of you have died. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, what's that a metaphor for? There's no way to sugarcoat that. Paul means that a lot of people in the Corinthian church had gotten sick and died for not taking that moment seriously. Now, y'all, thank God that not everybody who's ever participated in communion unworthily died shortly thereafter. Doesn't always happen. But Paul says that sometimes it happens. And that should at least show you how God feels about those who don't take this sacred moment seriously. The theologian D.A. Carson tells the story of a pastor friend who had a church of about 200. He said sin was so rampant in that church. He said, I couldn't even discipline. I couldn't even con confront the sin because the leadership was involved and a lot of the sin, and they didn't want to do anything about it. Pastor prayed for three months. He said, God, either change the hearts of people in this church or move me out of this church. The next year, this pastor said he had 34 funerals. 20% of the church died in the space of a year. The year after that, he baptized 200. Now, does that always happen? No. And in many ways, thank God. In his mercy, God doesn't always do that. But Paul says the fact that it happens sometimes should make you realize how seriously God takes this. Don't we see a similar thing happen in Acts 5 and Ananias and Sapphira come into the church with their offering and they lie about the offering? Remember this story? They told everybody, we're bringing the whole price of the land that we sold and then when in fact it was only half. The sin was not in bringing half. The book of Acts makes that clear. They were free to do that if they wanted. The sin was lying to the church and to God about what they were doing. Now again, thank God you should say amen to this. He does not strike dead everybody in church who exaggerates their giving or gives to look good in front of others. What a moment that would be every Sunday morning. Campus pastor says, take out your phone and text give to 33933. And somebody thinks, I'll just pull out my phone so people think that I'm giving. 
even though I'm really just starting my Wordle game for the day. And we start seeing the glow of lights and then hear people keeling over dead all over the, the, the auditorium. God does not strike dead everybody who exaggerates their offerings in church, but Acts 5 gives you a glimpse into how he feels about people who posture and lie and are phonies in church. Worship is a deadly, serious thing. How does God feel about those who take this bread and cup and say, I'm thankful for this bread and cup. This is my salvation. This is my salvation. All the while harboring in their heart the very sin that put Jesus on the cross or relishing in sinful resentments against their brothers and sisters that Jesus died to make into one family. Y'all, this is supposed to be a moment of incredible gospel clarity where the church puts on visible display the unity of the body that Jesus died to create, where we declare our common hope in Jesus is more important to us than any secondary thing that divides us. It's supposed to be a time of togetherness, not just where we feel connected to God, but we feel connected to each other. All right, everybody, that was Pastor J.D. answering the question, when should I not take communion? You can always find more teaching from Pastor J.D. at his website, which is jdgreer.com, and get up-to-date resources by following him on all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on Ask Me Anything when we answer another challenging question.